0: Hey everyone, welcome to this podcast episode where we are going to be talking about creating your first funnels. Now, you will be happy to hear that to create funnels on your website, you don't necessarily need to have a product. And we will be talking about affiliate funnels in this podcast. We will also transition to your own products eventually, but you don't have to do that because I know that is a huge reason why people don't build funnels. Now, the people who I think should follow this podcast are the ones who are already doing well with either affiliate or ads or both and are looking to diversify their income to protect themselves against you know affiliate commission drops or you know ad RPMs drops or even Google ranking drops, that kind of stuff. So if you want to diversify, if you want to make your business more stable, this podcast is for you. It's going to be an advanced podcast, it's going to be a lot of fun. We don't get to talk about funnels often, but I really like that topic. So let's not tease you further and let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton
1: and Mark Webster.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about building your very first sales funnel for building an info product on your site. It is going to be an interesting one. I think a lot of people have figured out affiliate, have figured out advertising, etc., but they kind of struggle adding more monetization methods to their websites. And that is what this podcast is going to be about. We've done that multiple times with Mark. We don't talk as much about funnels as we usually talk about SEO and affiliate and all that stuff. And I'll be honest, it's because you guys click more on the affiliate stuff. And so we'll just talk more about that. But we are pretty well versed into the funnel stuff. Uh, we'll try to share a bit of that today, uh, not with a guest. And we're going to first inquire on how Mark is doing before we get into that, because that's obviously where people came. So Mark, how are you doing? Obviously,
1: right. I'm doing really good, thanks. The main reason is because finally we got our new authorityhacker.com website launched. So if you go on the website now, you'll notice uh, a few design upgrades and tweaks and a lot of back-end changes have been made. It runs much faster. It's a dream to work with now compared to uh,
0: before. I'll be honest, at the time I reached for recording, it doesn't yet pass Web Vitals. We have a few things to optimize, so we're going to work on that in the next few weeks. But I mean, the site fully loads in like 1.1 seconds or something for an average content It's pretty good, basically. But it still like has a few things that Google doesn't like, some files did like us to delay, things like that. So we're gonna work on that. But yeah, I'm freaking tired from it to be honest. (laughs) Because not only did we release the new website, which is pretty cool. It's funny as well, because, you know, we've been talking a lot about like, you know, core vitals and site architecture and all these things. And then during all that time, I was like, mm, the Authority Hacker site doesn't really follow these standards, you know, it's not really good enough. And so we've been able to apply a lot of the stuff that we recommend people do on that site, like we've had it on other sites, but we didn't have it on that site, mostly because Authority Hacker runs a lot of like marketing funnels and stuff that we're going to talk about in today's podcast. It's... A bit more work than just transitioning a simple content site. It took some time. It took some like if, it, it took, took con- six months to do it all.
1: It was it was a big site.
0: Yeah, it wasn't full time, but it was like, you know, we had the designer start six months ago, and by the time it's like like it took six six months, so yeah, it took a long time. But I'm happy to see that by implementing our own recommendations on our own site, our rankings went up I'm, finger, I'm crossing my fingers because you know we're recording the podcast I say that now and tomorrow everything thanks so I mean at the time I wish we were recording we did better and it's nice, it's nice to see validation, and on several sites we've made these recommendations, these uh, changes, the stuff that we recommend to people, and we have seen very positive ranking changes, and it's nice to once again get one more point of experience here and uh, see that happen on that side, basically.
1: And we've all also been working on our funnel a lot, which is why it's kind of, I guess, led us to do this podcast today, because yeah. it's been on the top <laughs> of our mind. We've been doing lead magnets, opt-ins, all that kind of stuff again. So yeah, it's good as opportunity as any to share that with you guys, I think.
0: Yeah, and talking about Lead Magnet, let's just, just get out of the way. I've actually recorded a new free training. So we used to have this like webinar that was very long. But, you know, people like to watch freaking Instagram stories and TikTok stuff these days. So it's like they don't really have the attention span of listening to my horrible French accent for two hours, even though you are listening to this podcast. But the thing is, we've made a much shorter training, that like free training, that actually gives you all the condensed tips we have updated for 2022 in a much much shorter format. I think the total the video is 26 minutes something. Like that. It's like not too long. And it's still like pretty hands on, etc. So you can go and check it out on slash free training and you get like some kind of like, it's not paid, it's free. You can go check it out. And it's a new training that we offer to our subscribers. You need to subscribe to the email list for that. But it is brand new. That was one of the things that came with the website and it's a big refresh on that. I'm pretty happy with it. I think it's cool. So I think uh, if you want to check it out, and that gives you an example of what a lead magnet is, which is something that you use to convince people to give you their email address. Because we are going to be talking about lead magnets in today's episode, and I think we should just jump in and start talking about this funnel stuff. So I said it in the intro, but I want to repeat that there is some prerequisites to this. Like if you don't have a website, if you don't have traffic yet, etc. I don't think this is for you. I think you need to, to to get working. You need to have your SEO under control, content creation, link building, all that stuff. You need to have figured out some initial monetization. I don't think pe- most people should start with that, especially if you're a beginner. I think I could start with that. Now. Like I'm, I'm quite confident I could start a site just with like sales funnels right away, but I don't recommend beginners do that because it's a significant upfront investment in time before you make good money. You can make more money than affiliate, and you, it's interesting because you can go in niches that are less competitive than the big affiliate niches, but you do need to invest usually several weeks slash months of work. To make it work properly and then if you make the wrong decision, if you read wrong, you will make zero and you could be investing a lot of time in making zero. So this is my prerequisite. I want you guys to have your site under control when you've done that. I think the best time to look at this is when you first grew your affiliate revenue. Then you grew your info content and you started putting ads on your site and you're making like a few thousand bucks a month from AdSrive, Mediavine, one of these networks. And you're like, okay, how do I make more money from my website? How do I monetize more? That's the perfect time to implement what we're going to be talking about today. It's been a while we didn't do like a a proper advanced podcast, but uh, I think people enjoy that as well. We don't just talk about beginners topics. And I think that is one of these. So, this is going to be a sequential plan. There's going to be step one, two, three, four, five, six, and we're going to talk about each step and our experience, examples, et cetera. Should I do the first step, or do you want to do the first step? Sure, you can start. All right, cool. So, the first step is identifying info articles on your site that bring the most traffic. Um, and so, the goal really here is we want to build a funnel around an existing source of traffic. We don't want to have to be both building something that will sell to people, and have to build the traffic for it. We want to tap into existing traffic and just find a better way to monetize it. You probably monetize these info articles with ads, so let's say you make, you know, I always say 20 to 40 bucks, I guess it depends, beginning of the year now, uh, RPMs are a bit lower, but like, you know, it could be 15, could be 12 or something. But you make you make this much, and how do we make more money from these info articles? And the thing is, you can't apply these funnel stuff to every type of queries. You kind of need to understand which queries would, you know, be suitable for like a small info product and which ones wouldn't. So I actually took some examples of queries. For example, let's say you ran for how to get rid of ants. And the pest niche is a really good niche. for. A affiliate. Um, but usually I don't think you would you buy a course on how to get or a new book on how to get rid of ants I guess if it's like a really big problem in your house and stuff maybe but well you' probably try there's
1: two two situations there like if you have like an ant mound in your living yeah, room yeah. and you need it gone you just call an exterminator yeah you, if, call someone, you know yeah. every week you see a bunch of ants crawling through your kitchen and it's a slight annoyance you still want to get rid of it but maybe You'll you go on Amazon it. right they yeah, just buy exactly. some
0: like Entrap or something. And so, like, that is not a query where I'd be like, I'm going to build info product because usually there's either a service that does the big job or there's an item that you know, essentially fixes the issue and that's when you just monetize with affiliates, Amazon, something else, or lead gen uh, if you're doing that kind of services and that does not work in this case. (laughs) My next query is interesting. How to tell if my neighbor is a serial killer? Uh, (laughs) Hey, that's it. I mean, maybe not a serial killer, but like people would be like, how to tell if my neighbor was convicted or was in prison or something, right? And so like, would you sell a course on that? Probably not. Probably what you would sell here is you would sell a background check service, right? And these are pretty good for affiliate as well. That's why I took that query because actually it is a good affiliate query. Probably the search volume, I don't think serial killer is the one, but uh, has been to prison or is a drug dealer was one that I saw before. These are pretty decent queries for affiliate actually. But again, would you sell a course? Not really. You won't t- teach people to be private investigators. They just want to have that service do it for them, just consult public records probably and they'll be able to tell. And so that's not query where I would do that. Now, the next one I have is TRX exercises to lose weight. So TRX, if you don't know, is this suspension training thing where, you know, you put it in your door or you attach it to a hook or something and you can, like, you know, pull and stuff and do that kind of stuff. It's pretty popular. If you don't know what it is, Google it. Uh, But it's an equipment. It's a piece of equipment. And the keyword would be TRX exercises to lose weight. And so here there's two intents, right? There's people want to exercise with their TRX, And they want to lose weight. And anything, for example, that says to lose weight, I know I can sell an info product. I know you could be selling some kind of like diet products or something, or like uh, exercise regimen or workout program or something like that for people to lose weight. Or you could sell a TRX course in that case, like suspension training, workout from home, probably, because these are like home workout equipment. But like here, this is the kind of query where. You could rank with a list post, and it's not necessarily extremely competitive to rank for it. It's also very suitable to sell info products, and that's one of these queries that I mean, TRX has an affiliate program, but it's not very good, to be honest. Most people don't buy on TRX.com, they go buy on Amazon or something like this, or they buy a copy. Like, a lot of copies of TRX these days that you can buy for much cheaper. So you won't make that much from that query, and it's Typical of a pretty good query for affiliates. Another one that I put that was very basic was best ways to save money. Obviously, that you would probably have a longer tail version of that because this is very competitive. But you could be selling info like uh, info products on personal finance, how to organize your savings, how to do all of that. People would pay for that kind of advice, provided you sell them properly.
1: You're looking for you're looking at specific keywords and trying to identify. Pages, what yeah. the, the kind of need is behind that. Wouldn't it make more sense just to look at your site as a whole and think, I have a site about money, about saving money, therefore I'll I'll do something about that?
0: You can, I mean, it really depends how broad and or narrow your niche is, right? Because let's say you have home improvement. What is your product?
1: Yeah, we had this exact problem back when we ran uh, Health Ambition. So it was a very broad health site covered like dieting and exercise and juicing and sleep and...
0: Exactly. So it's quite tricky. You can sell to everyone, but your conversion rate is going to be pretty low because the intent is... So I do prefer... You know, websites, the way the traffic breaks down is the top 10 pages get like 80% of the traffic and then the rest of the pages get the rest, you know? And so if one of these top 10 pages is very targeted towards a product, I think it's worth building around. And then later... Once you have proven your funnel, expand the content and make it a hub, you know, and then build like all the pages for all the queries related to that. Use that page as the the middle of your hub and then just uh, blow your traffic up. Once you have proven you can make money, more money with that traffic, right? But I think the idea of picking one single already successful page is often good in a way that you're going to build a more specific product that is more likely to convert well. And then eventually, like let's say you have a site that does home improvement. You could have like 10, 15, 20 products. I mean, Josh, like expert photography, right? He runs like he talks about all styles of photography, but he has products for every category. And so it's possible to do that. It's just that I think starting specialized and having something that has high conversion rate, it's not hard once you rank well for one page, let's say you rank well for, once. watch one of these. Like, uh, how to tell if my neighbor is a serial killer. Let's take that one. I like it. And let's say you rank well for that, and let's imagine that it has 5,000 searches per month, right? And you rank number one. It's quite easy data to make, like, how to tell if my neighbor is a drug dealer, how to tell if my neighbor is this, how to tell if my new girlfriend is a serial killer, how to tell if whatever. Like, you know, you find all the variations and you just build a hub of like 100 pages that are all putting the same call to action in front of people. But
1: do you do that af- before after. or after you've after, after, after. all the files? We
0: need to make some money first.
1: So this is the, really what you're trying to do here is find... out that one a-
0: page that starts me, you know? That's pretty much it. Like, okay, here's a pool of traffic. Here's like three, four, five, six thousand 6,000 visits per month that have a specific problem that I could sell an info product to. Let's just get started with that. And if I make money with that, I will expand my traffic. That's pretty much the goal. Yeah. So that's step one.
1: Just to play devil's advocate, wouldn't it make more sense regardless of what else is on your site, just to put it site-wide?
0: It really depends, again, like how wide you go, right? Let's say you have a gardening product. Let's say you have your home improvement site and you have a gardening section, you, you pick that one page, and you, are, you could put your gardening call to action on, let's say, the bathroom category, but you might be better off finding a high-paying affiliate offer and putting your call to actions to that, and you'll make more money than selling the gardening product to people who search for bathroom information, you know?
1: Well, if, if we have like a photography site, for example, you know, I know that you know. You said there was like lots of different subsections of photography, subcategories. But wouldn't it make more sense just to pick like one general photography angle and go with that across
0: the whole site? You can. It really depends how your site is monetized already. Because for us, for example, we've talked about it many times when we use affiliate pop-ups, right? We don't necessarily build a list. We just people exit and they have a pop-up like, oh, save like $300 on your next photography lens, for example. That offer might make me, you know, $1.5 EPC or something like this, like a pretty decent revenue. And I doubt the first version of your funnel that sells to an audience that is not primarily interested in your subtopic, is going to make as much EPC if you're making like 1.5 uh, EPC on that offer. So it really depends how well monetized you are. If you're poorly monetized, maybe.
1: I'm thinking more <laughs> in the case of people who are running ads, people who have the standard affiliate reviews and the rest of, rest of their site, they're not doing any pop-ups or anything else at the moment. And that yeah, space is just like there for the taking.
0: Again, the putting people in this funnel, and, and you need to let me go through the rest of the funnel because otherwise people don't visualize it because you know, but they don't. Let's say you have a pop-up that says, hey, sign up. You are going to redirect people after the opt-in, and you are losing an, a potential affiliate sale here because you're redirecting people off the page. It's more intrusive than ads in that way when you're going to build that funnel. So like putting that call to action on your reviews, for example, it will reduce your affiliate income. So it only is worth it if your funnel is already well-oiled and makes money, for example which is why I like the idea of identifying content, info content pages that are doing a lot of traffic, focusing on these to start with, then if you're making good money, like it's literally 30 minutes to expand it to the rest of your site, right? So it's like, it's not really, the, the concern initially It's not to make millions. The concern is how do we build a little machine that makes money on autopilot? And then how do we make the machine bigger? You know, that's pretty much it. And that's why taking your lowest revenue pages to start this process, is the best way to maintain your existing revenue, not gamble with your traffic that already makes you money, and try to do better without losing too much if it doesn't work out, which is possible, right? Anyway, we are done with that. Once you have identified one of these top pages, I think one of the things that you want to see is there already info products that answer that query. So I took another example here, like I took dog doesn't work on the leash properly as a keyword, like, oh, my dog doesn't work. Like people Google that as a question. You have that info article on your pet site. There is a really good um, affiliate program for dog training on the online.trainer.com, but this guy is called like uh, Trainer Dan or something like this. Pretty popular on ClickBank, pays quite well. And so I like to sign up as an affiliate for this because what these guys are going to do is they are going to be the substitute for my product before I build one so that I can test my traffic on a, an info product and see if they can if they buy before I have to build anything. And usually, you want to find something like that. If you don't, you're gonna have to build a product, and you can skip that part. But if you can dig around for a product that answers that, it's a good idea to start by being an affiliate for this, basically.
1: Yeah, it's a huge time investment. Even <laughs> if you build a very small course, a very yeah. small ebook, it's a huge time investment building it. And there's a good chance you will get the sort of product market fit wrong, that's why we we advise, like, try and promote someone else, else's first, see if it converts. If it does, then you can go later, do it yourself. But we'll, we'll talk about
0: that. And the way we're going to promote it is not, I mean, you can put call to actions on your page if you want, but the thing we're going to try to do is we're going to try to capture people's emails, and we're going to be promoting to them both through the thank you page, so when they opt in, and there's multiple ways they're going to opt in. There's the pop-ups that we mentioned before. So page loads, bam, pop up in your face. I know people hate it, but it works. Exit intent pop up as well. So you usually do page load plus exit intent. And then you can do inline call to action as well. So let's say at the end of your blog post or before your conclusion, you could be building a box on like generate blocks, for example, and uh, have an opt-in there. And then when people opt in, you redirect them on the thank you page that say, hey, thank you for opting in. We'll start emailing you our email newsletter soon. By the way, check out this offer; is discounted 40% or whatever you have that can be offered to people. Usually these affiliate offers have coupons you can use to promote, et cetera. So use that on your thank you page. And basically your affiliate link is on the thank you page and hopefully people click through and hopefully people buy. But then after that, we're going to have a follow-up of emails as well going to people, trying to sell them the product for like five, six, seven days usually. And that is going to be generating the bulk of your income. So that is how this works. But for people to give you their email, there's a piece of work that comes before that. And that is building a lead magnet. So, you know, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that free training I did. That's a lead magnet, right? I created, I hope, pretty cool video.
1: It doesn't have to be a video.
0: Yeah, like in this case, it's a video. That convinces people to give their email to us, So that, you know, when we do the next product launch, we can let you know about this. And then this is part of our funnel, for example. And so you don't have to make a video, as Mark said. The easiest way to build lead magnets is to use Canva to build a presentation on Canva and then just make a list lead magnet. So like seven tips or five tools, like for example, on I love to do that. I love to do like five affiliate marketing tools, five SEO tools, whatever that you probably don't know about. And one slide was one tool, you know, you put the logo on the left, you put a short description, and actually you can put even affiliate links on these lead magnets. But people love these kind of lists and you just make one intro slide, you know, telling you what the lead magnet is. I like to make one who we are. Uh, slide after that, just like kind of like introducing the website and uh, what you believe in, whatever, like just to look a bit professional. And then after that, you give your list. And at the end, your last slide is actually a call to action to your affiliate offer. So let's say we have the dog one, for example, it'd be like five exercises you can do daily with your dog for him to be more obedient, for example. That would be my lead magnet. So I would have intro slide, who we are, how we work with vets, blah, 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 etc. Then my five tips, one tip per slide, maybe with like a photo on each one or something like this can you stock photos or whatever? And the last slide would be like, hey, if you want a focus on making your dog more obedient, click here to check it out, save 30%, whatever the coupon is I have for my offer. And that is it. So like, I will have that lead magnet. So that's, a pdf usually and then that is what i'm going to be promoting on my pop-up so i would be like hey struggling with your dog get our five exercises to do daily with your dog to improve his obedience and people will put their email thank you page go check out the um, they can go check out the offer but also the lead magnets promotes it and after that for four or five days we're going to start sending them emails basically is it clear so far i know it's a lot of moving pieces so it's like uh yeah okay cool so you do that once you have that you build your pop-ups for the tools for pop-ups, I know people want to know about tools. I could do a best lead generation tools actually in my
1: I just want to say pop-ups because I know a lot of marketers like hate those things because they, they see them all the time. The saying we always quote is like, you are not your audience. So if you have any inclination against doing pop-ups because you don't like them or you think your audience will hate them, try it. They will hate because it, but you will make money. <laughs> they they work. People are kind of used to closing them. It's not really not that big a deal. But they work. People opt in. We have years of data. Any site that runs any kind of funnel does them because even without so.
0: even without like affiliate pop-ups are really, really successful as well. Like we've made some of our best affiliate commissions using pop-ups for on our websites. So if you want to make money with yourself, I mean you're providing content for free. I think you're allowed to put some uh, commercial stuff on your content, provided you do a good job with your content, provided you do it ethically, provided you try to give value to people. I think it's fair for you to try to make some money out of this. So I wouldn't feel bad provided you do a good job with the rest of your site. Uh, in terms of tools, there's multiple tools you can use. The cheapest one will be Cadence Conversion. So it's basically the opt-in, uh, plugin by Cadence. Uh, it's 67 dollars per year i think so it's pretty cheap do
1: you have to use the cadence theme for that or it's a i don't think be? so
0: no you just uh, and it's built on gutenberg so you don't have to use a page builder or anything like that so it's it's pretty okay it's still basic like it doesn't have as many options as like the more advanced stuff more advanced stuff would probably be opt monster and convert box convert box is pretty expensive one-off but you don't have to pay again you pay i think it's like three or four hundred dollars but then you never pay again and an opt monster would charge you monthly but like 60 bucks or something like this. So uh, over time, Monster becomes the more expensive ones. ConvertBox is kind of like the value if you're really like doing pop-ups a lot. And if you really want to just get started, maybe Cadence is uh, probably where you want to get started and then not spend too much money, like $67 for your first year just to get your feet wet or something. So that's pretty much the tools I would recommend. Inline CTAs, so if you're putting a box in your content that promo stuff, I would probably just build it on uh, generate blocks. You know, we use generate blocks to build all our content now. I would either build it there or you can, for example, convert box. We can do these boxes. But the problem is, like, I like building it inside WordPress because then the style matches the CSS of your site and it picks up all the styling. and It feels more branded to put this call to actions than when you build it in a third-party tool like convert box. It looks a little bit different quite often or it's hard to make it look exactly in brand. So I prefer building these. And then if you pop a pop-up, just the pop-up is built on ConvertBox, not the thing that is in line, basically. So that's the tools. Uh, we mentioned it, the triggers. You want to talk about the triggers?
1: Yeah, so there's uh, there's several different types you can use. Honestly, you can A-B test these to so the cows come home. But the important thing is just do it and you can iterate, iterate on it later. We use welcome mats, which is like the full screen thing on, on desktop mm, and on mobile. You're
0: wrong. So welcome mats are different from full screen pop-ups. We use a full screen pop-up right now. So welcome mat, it scrolls down, you know, like you load the page, you see the page content and it scrolls down to cover it. And then you can use your mouse wheel to scroll down for it to disappear. Whereas a full screen pop-up, you need to click on the cross button on the top right. And so these are different. Basically, the more intrusive pop-ups are, the better they convert.
1: But the more no- more pissed off your users become. Of course. So it's a fine balance there. You need to also consider the difference between desktop and mobile. Like generally, you just don't have enough sp- as much space on a mobile screen than you do desktop. So your messaging tends to be much shorter. You also have different sort of trigger mechanisms like exit intent which is when someone's moving their mouse towards the x or the close the tab button it detects that and it'll load a pop-up that only works on desktop because on mobile there's no mouse so yeah i would tend to like build them separately and sort of design them separately most of these tools i know convertbox and opt monster the one that that we've used in the past most of them have pretty good like Templates you can you can base yeah, off of enough, yeah. and you can just change the colors stick your logo in or stick a graphic in and, and put all the copy in you don't have to really worry too much about you know getting an extra one two three percent out of your A/B test or your um, design here
0: I mean the, at the beginning you're not really trying to optimize anyway like you can A/B test on all these tools etc and you should eventually. But that's not the goal initially. The goal show is like, okay, can I just build this little machine that makes some money? And if it does make some money, how do we make more money with it? So don't bother with A-B test at the beginning. Don't bother with all that. You can start with a template of one of these tools. Just to make it short, the stuff that has worked best for us, on-page load pop-ups work better than delayed. On-page load plus exit intent together work really well on desktop, actually. Again, people might be annoyed, but it works really well and you can't deny the numbers. Full-screen pop-ups work better than welcome mat, work better than like pop up where you see the content behind in general. and. In the past, it worked better when you had like a two-step pop-up. So you'd be like, oh, get the get the bonus and people would click, then it would show the form. Now actually showing the form directly works better for us. So that's just a few of the A-B test results that we've seen consistently. We've done it multiple times and every single time. The results were this. So that's what I would recommend if you are setting up a pop-up. So that's, that's what you can do. You could, if you wanted to promote your lead magnet, you could also make an opt-in page. So it's called a squeeze page, if you have never built a funnel or if you've heard that about that but you didn't know. It's just a page with promoting your lead magnet. So like usually a headline, maybe a little bit of text, an image or a video, and then the form to put your email so that you put it to get the bonus and then you get a thank you page, which in your case is going to be promoting your affiliate offer. So you could be making a squeeze page and that squeeze page could be promoted by retargeting people who visited the blog post so that you could be showing this on Facebook ads, on uh, Google ads, et cetera. You don't have to do that at the beginning. It's probably only going to be profitable if the offer is very high converting or if it pays a lot of money. If it's like an average offer, I Honestly, yeah.
1: I, I got a question putting that in this podcast, to be honest. like I, I don't think that retargeting a lead magnet is like a, it's gonna work at all. Like If you're promoting a small ticket item, which you're most likely gonna be doing here, or especially an affiliate product as an affiliate where you're only getting, you know, X percent as a, the commission. I don't think the maths would work on that.
0: I agree, but my goal here, again, is not to make the most money possible, is to validate the concept. And if you want to do that, I want to see how people react to my lead magnet, for example. And like, let's say you, you have some traffic, but not enough. Let's say you get like 10 leads a day or something. It's going to be slow. Like 10 leads a day is too slow. Yeah? You probably need like 30, 40, 50 to start having you know daily sales and stuff happening and it's not taking forever. Well, I'd personally, if I was building a funnel, be putting a little bit of money down to retarget these people for like ten bucks a day or something, just to do, to double my number of leads, maybe or something like this. So like and then get a bit faster of an idea of like how well my funnel is doing, you know. Even if I'm not making any money from this, even if I'm losing a little bit. I'm just looking to like, make sure I don't waste my time here. And anyway, if you're spending a lot of time on this, you're spending money, basically. It's kind of the same thing. You could be making money doing something else. So it's like, I'd rather sometimes, that's why I put retargeting with a question mark next to it in the notes, if you notice, because it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't think everyone should do this, but it's something that is on the table if you want, if you like on the edge in terms of how much traffic you have. For this, do you want to talk about the emails after that? Because obviously, after people opt in, they need to do emails. Yeah.
1: So, you need to, first of all, we didn't really talk about that, but like deliver the lead magnet somehow. The simplest way to do it uh, is to use an email autoresponder service and just put a link to the lead magnet. On Google Drive or wherever. you, and can, there, you, no, can, you also, can even upload
0: it on your WordPress site. You know, if it's a PDF, you put it there and you have a link. You can just say, send that. Actually, you can
1: also have the, when you when you opt in, so the pop up can redirect you to a, a thank you page, which which has it on there if you if you want as well. So you can they can just get it
0: straight away. I, I disagree with that because my focus on my thank fake you page. Emails. Well, you know, I don't I don't care about that. I don't even care about fake emails because I'd rather my thank you page send as much traffic as possible to the affiliate offer right away. So my thank you page is pretty much a pre-sales page here. And I'm trying to get people to click. And so if I give them other options, you get less affiliate clicks and you probably make less money. So, you know what? If you put a fake email, you don't deserve my lean like that, you know? (laughs) So that's pretty much it. But uh, some people might put a fake email, but still click through and buy. And uh, in that case... I wouldn't want to distract them. And also they might go back and give me a real email after they didn't get it.
1: Okay, so so in terms of that, you want to obviously deliver the lead magnet, but then very quickly, like less than 24 hours afterwards, you want to be emailing them some more information about the offer. Now, how do you do that? It's probably not the best idea just to go in and say, hey, here's this offer, you should go buy it. There are some kind of like sales and marketing strategies that you can use. The PASS framework, product agitate, solution is a, is a common one where you sort of state the problem, what what it is. So if you if it's a dog training one, your dog won't listen. He's always running away. Then you agitate that. So you say, okay, what are the implications of that? How does that, what are the fears that you might have of this thing getting worse. So maybe your dog runs away and doesn't come back, or he runs across a road and something happens, or there's all all sorts of scary stuff that can happen here. And you you talk about that on a sort of emotional level. And then the the S is the solution. So how does this product solve that problem which you've stated and you you've agitated? And what benefits are there going to be when you when you have that solution? Benefits as opposed to features. When we talk about features it's always like, well there's 70 pages in this book, or it's uh, it contains this, this, and this. But the benefits are, well, what does that actually do for you? It makes your dog behave better. It makes you happier. It makes your dog happier. It makes you healthier. It gives you more freedom to go where you want. All these kinds of things. So you focus on the emotional language rather than the, the logical yeah, language in, in that sense. Another one that works quite well is case studies, uh, obviously, it depends testimonials on the, as well. The yeah. niche. I'm just thinking for authority hacker. Like we have quite a few case studies of sites we've sold. We, we haven't sort of really made them into lead magnets, although it's not a bad idea in some cases. You talk about how I went from zero to hero and did this thing, whatever it is build a site or I don't know, build a classic. Yeah, car you can do so testimonials you're for doing. this.
0: Like you can do testimonials for this. You're selling this dog training thing. You can show like, ah, this dog didn't listen. And then now look at them. They're like doing something really cool. And she won this uh, dog obedience competition uh, in uh, Cambridge or something. Like have the story, the customer journey of someone who used the product and giving that people is really powerful. Usually it's better to get other people to say it's great rather than you saying it's great.
1: Another option you can go is the gain logic fear model. Ryan Dice sort of popularized this in the the Machine book. Um, God, this is going back now. Well, it like 10 it was years old. was a course off. initially, um, but yeah. Yeah. So basically you have the the gain, which is a what are the benefits you're going to get? What are the emotional benefits? What are you going to receive from this? You have the logic, which is, okay, how is this valuable to you from a logical perspective? What's your return on investment? And by differentiating those two things, you're talking first to the left side of the brain the creative emotional side and then second to the uh logical side that backs it up and says yes this is a good thing for for me to buy and then finally this is probably the most important part the fear section so this is all your fomo fear of missing out the products closing what are the implications of not doing this what could go wrong that kind of thing and we use that quite a lot uh we still do in 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 some funnels and it's very very effective very simple as well to do three emails and yeah the important thing is not to make them super long just get it done get it started and 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 get it going and you can kind of iterate as you as you go this gives you a basic framework to go on and yeah the goal with selling something here is to to get people over the line not to kind of reinvent their their whole life i mean the people who are not interested they're not even going to read the emails. They're just like, okay, yeah, I don't care. The people who are kind of interested and are like on the fence, and there'll be there'll be a lot of people like on the fence or close to the fence, and you just need to get a few people over over there. That's all you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, there's two things. First of all, it's going to be a new style of writing. If you've never done this, you need to write a lot more conversationally. Like there's no keywords in here. There's no, nothing like that. You don't need to worry about that. You know, when you write for SEO, you need to write fact-based stuff. You answer questions and you give people's answers to that question. Whereas in emails, it's much more about telling stories and taking people and using your personality quite a bit more. You can check the the newsletters I've done on Attorney Hacker, but it's full of like memes and shitty jokes and stuff like that. But it's on purpose, and people people seem to like it so far. And another uh, thing I wanted to emphasize is that don't be afraid to email people because people will be like, "Oh my god, I don't want to bother people." Email people every freaking day for like five or six days at least. And second, scarcity outsells any copywriter having scarcity on your author. And so usually. If you have, let's say, a coupon page, let's say you're a third for this Doggy Dan guy, this dog trainer, and let's say, I don't I remember his offer. Let's say his normal course costs $200, but you have a discount page for $99. It's discounted 50%, let's say. You can use a tool like Deadline Funnel to make that discount time limited. So what you can do is you can say, in that tool, you can say, if people within five or six days of opting into that email, click on my link, then send them to the $99 page, the the discount page that they gave you as an affiliate. But if they miss that deadline, send them to the $200 page. And it's going to be the same link inside the email, right? And so what you can do from there is you can essentially create a deadline slash product launch for people, which is going to, and you tell them this discount is going away, go and pick it up because you're going to miss it out. And you... Do, if you use that tool, if you don't lie about it, you are doing this because if people do use that link after, the price will be higher because they won't be able to access that other URL and every link on your email is going to do that, that same redirect. Yes, there is ways to, to go past that and if you clear your cookies and use a VPN and you do all of this, etc., you can eventually go through, but it's, most people will <laughs> not do that, most people will not think about that, and you can do a pretty legit sell and use scarcity to sell. And I think scarcity is one of the most powerful way of selling to people. And it should be used, especially if you're a beginner and not very good copywriter. It can be a lever that doesn't require talent that uh, will help your sales quite a lot, actually, I would say.
1: Let's talk about tech for delivering emails like autoresponder. Mm-hmm. So we use and we have used ActiveCampaign for, for a, long time, a yeah. very long time. I'm not sure if I'd recommend that for someone it's starting out. No, It's quite a... Advanced, like complete solution, and you won't need ninety percent of their features. So, would something like GetResponse do the job? Do you think for no. for,
0: for the? I would not use GetResponse anymore. GetResponse is old now. I would use MailerLite. Uh, MailerLite is uh, is pretty good. They have automations, a bit like uh, ActiveCampaign, etc. They have a free plan. Uh, actually, up to a thousand subscribers, it's free. You don't even need to pay anything. Um, so oh, there you go. And then after that, the price is one of the lowest in the industry with pretty decent decent uh, features. The only problem is because they are the cheapest, you are also sharing the email sending servers with the shittiest email senders in the world. And so deliverability is not the absolute best on this. And if you have money, then I would recommend going for something a little bit more upscale, like ConvertKit or something like this, maybe, something like this. But if you're getting started and you just want to test the water on this stuff, I mean, yeah, a thousand subscriber is free and then and you can send twelve thousand emails per month, which is enough. And then after that, it's fifteen dollars per month up to two thousand five hundred subscribers. So it's not too expensive to get started. But deliverability will you will pay a little bit of, of that because obviously the people who care the least about email are all on that platform because it's cheaper.
1: It's not too difficult to switch from one platform to no. another when you have a simple funnel set up like. If you don't have to rebuild everything, it's fine, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so I would I would say that as MailerLite is that it has a lot of integrations. All the tools we mentioned for pop-ups integrate with MailerLite as well, so you don't need anything custom with Zapier or something like this. So it's pretty good. And so once you set that up with a high-paying offer, you just sit and wait. <laughs> you just you just wait and you just look and you're like how much, like you need to monitor your EPC for the different parts of the funnel. So I don't know, it depends on the tracking that is offered by the affiliate offer you're using because obviously you can't have your conversion pixel most of the time. So you need to rely on the affiliate platform. So you need to use sub IDs on your affiliate links and you start tracking your EPC on your thank you page. You start tracking your EPC on your emails and you get an idea of like, okay, how much do I make? And usually, I mean, if you, it's, I mean, it's obviously a calculation, but let's say you have like a, 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 50% 50% commission on a doc training program, right? If you manage, like, that's when you're like, do I want to stay an affiliate and leave it as it is? Because that's an option, right? You don't even have to have your own product. We're just starting funnels here, not, not products. Do I want that? Am I better off starting another one of these high paying affiliate funnels in an, on another page or something like this? Or am I better off spending my time expanding my SEO traffic for that funnel? Or do I want to, if you get 50% commission, double my revenue by owning the product, right? And usually you can more than double your revenue because that's when you own the product and things like that, that's when you make quite a bit more money. You can, you know, retargeting now becomes very viable for these kind of products and things like that. New sources of traffic, you can have your own affiliates that make sales for you so that you take a cut of their sales, basically. So it, it goes beyond, beyond that, but you, you basically have that that crossroad where you need to decide, Is this worth staying just an affiliate of that high paying offer? And sometimes if you're doing well, you can also negotiate higher commissions. You can go to the guys and be like, Hey guys, I could be building my own product. Or you guys could be paying me more uh, up to you. And uh, that's it. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much how it works, right? It's like, um, I just, you say it in nicer terms usually, but that's how it works. And so once you've made that decision, either you stay the affiliate or you build your product, once you decide you want to build your own product, which is Going to be the biggest time undertaking, and you should not underestimate that. It's one of these things where you estimate it's going to take three weeks and it's going to take double, triple, something like this. It takes a really long time. I recommend you either do video courses if you're able to do that, because that's pretty much the most popular format of uh, info products these days, or you can just do ebooks, but just know that you will sell ebooks for less money than you will sell video courses, and that's usually accepted. So it kind of depends what you want here and what has worked for you as your initial offer if you've done ebook or video.
1: By the way, I think we maybe got a little bit ahead of ourselves and forgot one of the most important sections in, in the whole podcast, which is tracking. You kind of want to understand, is what you're doing actually working? And you need to look at the whole funnel to understand that. So obviously the amount of displays that your pop-up's getting is going to be determined by the traffic on the page itself. But a good conversion rate is anything really north of 1.5% is is pretty decent. Anything over 5% Um, So that's five out of every hundred visitors to the page.
0: Oh, no, for opt-in, for opt-in, sorry.
1: Five out of every hundred visitors to the page opting into your email list is very, very good. Now, bear in mind as well that sometimes you have multiple pop-ups on a page. So like you kind of have to add up the numbers and, and jig it a little bit that way. But in terms of emails sent, if someone's opting in for a very specific thing on a very specific page, then you're going to get a very high open rate, probably above 50% in that case. If you go and do what I was saying earlier and just put the, this opt-in site-wide, it'll be much lower, right? People will, will not be interested in, in everything you're, you're, you're sending them. So, you know, it just just depends there. But maybe half the people will open your email and of those well when when you measure open rate or click-through rate of of uh, an email is people clicking on the link, it's normally measured in the number of people that were sent the email and then how many of them clicked. again, you, you should expect north of ten percent if you're if you're doing well. If these numbers are really low and you know five percent of people open your email and one percent are are clicking, then you probably have a, either a problem with your email copy or just like the the product angle fit is off and you might want to think again. And then that's when you look at conversions.
0: I want to add one thing on these numbers. is like as your email list gets bigger and as your email list gets older, these numbers tend to go down. So it's like they tend to be quite high at the beginning. I think the numbers you gave is good for a new list. As you get older and bigger, uh, it's hard to maintain these numbers and and don't uh, kill yourself if uh, if you don't hit these numbers. Yeah, uh, the
1: people who are naturally interested in what you have to say are gonna flock to you quite quickly. I think in the early days on Authority Hacker, we are getting uh, around eight percent conversion on our yes. awesome pop-ups. I mean, if we had that now, that would Good be like days. amazing. But you know, we're we're talking. I mean, some of them closer to sort of like one and a half, two percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like I'm talking more about the email opens. The opens get like lower as you know, if someone's been on your list for like three, four years. So I'm I'm talking
1: if you if we let's say we have a one week funnel where we're doing this like past framework and a couple scarcity emails and 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 all that for something they've just opted in for. I'm just talking about the people
0: going through that for the first time. Then it goes down as with time usually as people lose engagement naturally. As they've been here for a while, yeah, definitely tracking is not is more your side. That's why I forgot about it. But yeah, so once you track these things and you, I guess it's good for troubleshooting as well. Like usually when we have problems with our funnels, like that's how we go through. We go through these numbers. We try to see which ones drop the ball. And usually it's a tech issue actually.
1: Fundamentally, you want to know is what I've done working, and you may have a shit ton of sales and be like, oh, this is great. I need to keep doing this, or I need to build my own product. Cool. But most likely you'll be somewhere in the middle, like, well, I've got a few sales and a few conversions, but like, I'm not sure if I expand this or is, is it worthwhile. So this is why it's important.
0: Usually when we have a problem with our funnel, like what we do with Mark is we go through each step of the funnel. So how many people get on the webpage? How many people put their email in the email? How many people open each email? How many people hit the sales page? How many people click to the checkout? How many people finish the checkout? And we usually quite quickly find one or two steps that has an issue. And very often it's a tech issue, right? Like, because these funnels tend to have a lot of integrations. Like, you know, you have your pop-up tool that is integrated on your site, that is integrated to your email tool, that is integrated to the affiliate platform, if you're doing an affiliate thing, or to your own thing. And then that is integrated to the checkout. And so things drop and things break quite often. And so, like, having that mentality of understanding each step and checking the numbers is a really, really good way to understand what's going on and troubleshoot. Because sometimes you're like this far from greatness, but you need to find that one thing that didn't work out and you fix it and boom, it just explodes. So I agree, it would be a, a missed opportunity to not do that. Should we really talk about creating products? I think we're 15 minutes into that podcast. If you decide to create a product, let us know in the comments and we'll make another podcast on creating products because that is probably a whole thing on its own. But if you, what we can talk about quickly.
1: Let's let's give a TLDR version yeah, just so yeah. people of okay, know what we're talking about here. So imitate what works. So if you're promoting another product as an affiliate, create another product that does largely the same thing add your own personal flair on it, make it a bit better. If they have an ebook, consider doing a video course instead. But whatever their sales angle is, whatever their price point is, you know that's working. You've got that data already. So you want to, broadly speaking, replicate that, but just make it your own so you make make all the commission. If you're not promoting an affiliate product to begin with and you have to test the product out, uh, you have to build your own product to test things out, then you want to be very careful not spend too much time because product creation is a black hole and it will consume your entire existence for years if you're not very careful with it.
0: And Uh, devour your soul in the process.
1: (laughs) Aim for a minimum viable product. It doesn't have to be super polished. Just get the good 80-20 what's the the good information that's going to make a difference to people. Get it in there and deliver it to people. You can make small products.
0: Small products is fine. Like 5-10 videos or something, it's fine. Or like a small ebook of like 40 pages. It's not worse than like a really long blog post, I think. And people are happy to pay for that. And you'd be surprised. You know, the first info products we sold were literally repackaged blog posts. And nobody complained. We
1: made a juicing recipe book and it was literally all the free juicing recipes that were on our site. We got like an intro and like some, you know, images. Made it flow a bit better and stuff. And just gave all that to designer and and they they put some images and made a nice kind of like heading and page number section and all that, and that was it. We sold that. We made it into a PDF and, and sold that. I think these days, th- this was probably going back almost 10 years now, but these days you maybe have to be a little bit better, but honestly, like shooting a few videos with your iPhone or whatever cell phone camera you have at home, talking about things, thing, it's enough. Really, it is.
0: And you can use tools like Teachable, Thinkific, etc. to do that delivery if you want to do that because then you don't have to deal with the tech. Like we have our own member area on Hacker. It's a bit of a headache to run your own member area, let's be honest. I would not recommend you start that way. I would recommend you start with using one of these platforms. I think some of them are like very, very cheap on the first plan. So it's good enough to try. Thrivecart's an interesting option
1: these days because oh, it's have a, a, they have it's it a too, one-off right? fee, so you don't pay monthly, but they've also introduced this like product delivery side, me- member area, product way to like view a, a course. So that that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So overall that's how it gets started. I think if you guys want a more detailed podcast on product creation, we can talk about that, obviously. We have a lot of courses on Atelier Hacker. We have all this stuff. We've done it a lot more, not only on Atelier Hacker, actually we've done it on several sites. So we could talk more about that. It's just usually that topic is not that interesting to people. So if you want to hear about that, just drop us comments on YouTube just below there, drop us a like while you're here, and we will do that podcast for you. Um, any final words of wisdom? I want to say, no, I have final words of wisdom. You know what? This is. <laughs> shut no, up. No
1: words. Stop
0: talking. I want to say that the procreation side of things might scare people off. And I think they, that is why a lot of people don't do these funnels. But I want to highlight the fact that the whole first part of what we talked about was building funnels with other people's products and kind of like finding new ways to monetize your information content, using email, using all of that. If you do that, you're not just doing that one funnel. You're starting to build an email list. You can start emailing your new blog posts. These blog posts, if they're monetized with us, you're gonna make some money as well. You can do all that. It starts a lot of mechanics that are going to be hugely beneficial to your site. You're building an actual audience you can talk to, you're learning how to do email marketing, et cetera, and you can do that without creating a product using high-paying affiliate offers, provided you have the right topics on your site. Uh, And after that, as I said, you can expand the content if you have that specific lead magnet. Overall, I think it's a really good starting point. When you are done, you know, not done, but like when it's rolling, when you're doing FA reviews on one side, you're doing your info content on the other side. If you want to go to the next level, that's the next level. That's where you start. And then eventually you get to the products, but you don't have to get there right away. So I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast and be in this situation. If you want to figure out what the next level of online business is, This is your starting point. It doesn't mean you'll probably make more from your reviews at the beginning, but if you grind it like the rest, eventually it can actually outpace the other stuff. So highly recommended that you try this even if you are doing quite well already just for the sake of diversification. That's my final words of wisdom. Thank you, Mark, for listening to me. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Okay, uh, you, you can have your final words of wisdom if you want now.
1: No, no, no. You've, you've taken the limelight. All did. right,
0: fine, fine. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast, then, and we'll see you in two weeks when we're back for another episode. Bye.